Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We're in the middle of this series called Forgotten Virtues. If you missed out, you missed out on some, I believe, some really challenging messages, but great messages for the day and time in which we live. What we're doing is we're looking at some virtues that are found in Scripture and virtues that were of our older generations and maybe grandma and grandpa and great grandma and grandpa and those kind of people. Um, but as time has gone on, those those virtues have kind of drifted away and kind of we've lost grip of them. We've lost the understanding of what they mean. And so uh, we've been going through a couple of these virtues that God is challenging us to do. The first week we talked about honor. We talked about the forgotten virtue of honor. And I told I, I communicated with you guys, if you weren't here, go online and listen to it. I communicated with you that there is a difference between respect and honor. We understand respect very easily. Respect is something that we de- we oftentimes uh, demand in our culture and we demand respect. And yet I told you that respect is earned. But honor is what? What was honor? Honor is given that. Honor is given to the people and authority over us that even though we may not respect every decision they make, we not respect everything they do. We honor them for the position in which they have been given by God. And honestly, ultimately, God will allow them to do something powerful in our lives if we will honor them in a very powerful way. So that's our parents. That's our grandparents. We honor our grandparents and our parents. Um, we honor our employers. There's a big one. We we honor uh, the people in authority over us, our politicians. We honor the office of the presidency of the United States. Disagree with him all you want. You honor the office of the president, not the man, the office that it holds and what respect it is to have. And so we learned that there is an honor that we are to be given to people. Respect is earned. Honor is given. Then last week we talked about a subject that's very hard to talk about in our world today because we live in a very toxic culture. We live in an impure world. We live in a world where anything goes and everything goes and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and what you do and, and, and nobody you think nobody knows about that, that there's still one who does. His name is God. He knows it all. And we talked last week about the forgotten virtue of purity, that we are going to ask God to help us to live a pure life unto him. Next week, we're going to talk about in a world where you can lie, cheat and steal. and It's almost praised that you lie, cheat and steal, that we're not going to be that way. We're going to be people of integrity, the forgotten virtue of integrity, that who you are in private is who you are in public, that who you are in church. Here's the real tell. Here's the real tell. Who you are in church is who you are out there. That that how you behave in here and, you know, you watch your mouth and everything in here that you watch your mouth out there. Integrity. Who you are is who you are. Who you are here is who you are on social media. I'll get to that next week. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, 
But then we're going to talk about the last week is in a world full of entitlement mentality where everybody's about me, 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 give me, give me, give me, mine, mine, mine. We're going to learn about the forgotten virtue of gratitude, being gracious, being grateful for what God has given you, no matter how small or great it is. So lots of great virtues that we're talking about, honor, purity, uh, integrity, gratitude. Today, I want to talk to you about the forgotten virtue of loyalty. Turn to your neighbor and say loyalty. Loyalty. Loyalty is ranked one of the top virtues that is missing in our world today. Loyalty is ranked as one of the top virtues that is missing in our world today. So many times uh, people uh, find a way to find disloyalty. In a world full of social media where everything is hidden behind black and white, it's really easy to become disloyal to people that possibly were to be loyal to. Think about society as a whole. There is really no such thing as consumer loyalty. Think about yourself. The places that used to consumer loyalty like Sears and uh, and J.C. Penney's and these these consumer places, they were huge because no matter what, people were loyal to that brand or loyal to that to that company. But look at them today struggling, barely able to make it. Uh, even even in our, our shopping life, we we don't really have a loyalty even to brand names. Now, some of you may be a Nike person or Adidas person and you're just loyal to them because, you know, you had them your whole life and you think they look cool on you, everything like that. But ultimately, we really just are kind of loyal to what's the cheapest thing or what's the least expensive thing that we can get ourselves into. There's no loyalty to restaurants. There's no loyalty uh, to uh, to lots of different things. There's no loyalty to families. There's no loyalty really in our culture today to any one person or thing. Instead, we see a lot more disloyalty. We see a lot more um, people that are not solely loyal to one thing. How many guys have, how many guys believe that, that loyalty is a major issue in our culture today, that we're lacking the forgotten virtue of loyalty? Raise your hands up really high. Oh, go ahead, put it up there. Same trick question. Okay. Loyalty is a huge issue that we're missing in our world today. The challenge is, if I look around here and I look at you guys, and I, I, I know some of you more than I know the others, and I know some of you in a, in a personal way, and I know some of you in a, in a kind of a see you on the street kind of way. I don't know you guys personally, but you know, I would look around you and I would say, I look around all you guys and I would say, this is a loyal group of people right here. I got, I got cross you. Hundred plus people right here, loyal. And you all would look at me and say, that's right, Pastor, we are loyal. Yeah, we're loyal. So what's interesting is this. We see loyalty as such a, our disloyalty as such a huge issue, but we don't see a lot of disloyalty when it comes to us. Isn't it interesting that we know it's a problem, but it's everybody else's problem, not ours. Disloyalty is not about us. It's, it's, it's about everybody else. And here's why. Write this down in your notes. Because disloyalty is very difficult to see in the mirror. You can't look in a mirror and say, you're a disloyal person because that would be too harsh. But disloyalty, if it's such, if, if, if loyalty is such a big problem we have in our culture, lack of loyalty, disloyalty, 
Why is it here? Well, it's here because many of us are falling for the delusion that we are loyal when in fact we're really not. Because here's how disloyalty and loyalty works. I'm loyal to whoever until whoever hurts me and then I choose to be disloyal to them. But I'm justified because they hurt me. Flip the script, though. If someone's disloyal to us, we get offended. We're like, they have no right to be disloyal to us. Because why? Disloyalty is hard to see by looking in the mirror. We cannot see the disloyalty of our own hearts. We cannot see the disloyalty of our own actions because we justify every disloyal act we do. Throughout the Bible, this was an interesting dynamic that took place throughout different characters in the Bible. One of the greatest ones um, was a man named Peter. He was one of the disciples of Jesus. He was a good friend of Jesus. He was the one who, uh, who was right by Jesus, I believe, every turn he had. He had an amazing relationship with Christ. And, uh, and Peter, uh, Peter was very exuberant. He was, very, he was a very loyal person until the circumstance came that he had to make a choice to be disloyal. And so we're going to read about his story and what he kind of went through when it came to loyalty versus disloyalty. Stand to your feet, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, verse 33 through 35. Uh, the context is um, all the disciples have just got done eating and uh, they're getting, doing the Lord's Supper. This is the night before Jesus is going to be taken away in shackles and crucified and all that's going to take place. It's the night of, this is the night before all that's going to take place. And so the disciples are having a meal and they're joined life together. Together and they're enjoying life as they go. And, and Jesus says, listen, some bad things are coming down the pike, people. There's some bad things that are going to happen. I'm going to be taken away. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to lose my life. And Peter has a response to what Jesus says. But let's do our Bible prayer first. I hold the hope of the world, the blueprint for life. I will read it, study it, and share it. God, help me to understand it, apply it, and live it in Jesus' name. Matthew 26, verse 33 says this. It says, uh, Peter says this to him. So again, Jesus said, I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to give my life. And, and all of you are going to disappear. Jesus says, you're all going to leave me. You're all going to be disloyal to me. You're all going to walk away. Not one of you is going to be left. And Peter says, even if all fall away on the account of you, what does he say? Say it with me. I never will. Peter is adamant. He will be loyal to the very end. He says, truly, I tell you, Jesus answered this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And Peter is still adamant. He's like, nope, it ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to not going to go that way. And so he goes on to say, and then all the other, even if I all even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. I'll never leave you, Jesus. I will give my life for you because why you are the way to I am loyal to death, Peter says. Father, help us today to hear your word, be challenged by it. But most importantly, God, let us see who we really are and find out how we can be more like you in this forgotten virtue. In Jesus name. Amen. So Peter says, I'm not going to deny you. I'll die if I have to. I'll go to the very end. Not going to deny you at all, Jesus. What's interesting, if you read the rest of the story, you fast forward a few verses later. Jesus is taken. He's arrested. He's taken away to be uh, to be punished and crucified. Peter. They all ran. They all ran their different directions. And Peter, 
Peter was warming himself up by a fire and someone said, hey, you were with that man, Jesus. And he said, no, that's not me. One disloyal comment. Again, another person confronted him. He said, no, that's not me. And second disloyal act. Then the last one, a little girl says, you are with him. I saw you with him. You hung with him. And he said, no, that's not me. You got the wrong guy. Third disloyal act. Third disloyal uh, statement that is made here. And it said that after he had done that, he heard the rooster crow and he went outside and he wept bitterly. Why? Because none of us can really see disloyalty when we look in the mirror. We all believe that we're really loyal people. But the actuality, here's the statement. Loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. Write that down. Loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. You can tell somebody day in, day out, day in, day out, I'm loyal, I'm loyal, I'm loyal. But it means nothing if your actions don't follow the loyalty. If you are disloyal, if you're disloyal to them, that means you're disloyal in other parts of your life. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says this way. It says, many will say that we are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Who can find a friend that's truly reliable? The Greek word for loyal uh, is, is all man, and it's translated as this, holy trust or believe in, to be permanent, to be, have unwavering faithfulness, loyalty, a forgotten virtue in our world today, unwavering faithfulness. Remember this, you can talk the talk, but you've got to walk the walk. You can proclaim it. But loyalty is proven. Loyalty is proven over time in your life. Another story that we see in the Old Testament is a story between King David and a a friend named Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan was not his brother, but they were like brothers and they were loyal to the very end. There's a story, too, I want to tell you about today. This is this is an obscure story, but it's one that nonetheless communicates what I want to where I want to go today. Um, King David, I'll give you context. King David is uh, the ruler over the, the nation of Israel, and he's leading his kingdom to fighting and wars and things like that. He has a son named Absalom. Everybody say Absalom. It's a cool name, but he's not a cool guy. OK, it's a cool name, but he's not a cool guy. Absalom was a pretty wicked, wicked son. In fact, he was so wicked tried to overthrow King David as king of Israel. He tried to take his crown from him, take his throne from him. And uh, Absalom had enough God, enough God, enough haughtiness inside of him that he thought he could win against his father. Well, he doesn't. He loses. And in those days for treasonous acts, if you were treasonous against the king, you deserve death. That was your punishment. So Absalom, even though David would probably have never have killed him because that was his son, he probably would never have taken his life. Absalom, fearful of his life, goes on the run. He goes, he goes on the land. He starts to, to run. And for three years, he runs for his life, escaping, invading somebody. He's not even really David is not really even pursuing him, but he's he's fearful of it. So what does he do? He says, you know what? If I'm going to get my life back, I got to go take the kingdom back. So Absalom raises up his army that he has and he goes back and he tries to overthrow King David once again. But he becomes more successful and King David now goes on a run and he starts to kind of kind of try to find a way out. Well, there was a man named Ittai and Ittai was not of nationality of the Jewish world, Jewish kingdom. He had no nationality, no bloodline, no connection, really, to be with King David. 
But he leaves Absalom. He goes with King David's army and he says, I'm loyal to you. I'm loyal to you. I'm loyal to you. And David says this to him. Here's what he says. He says, he says, OK, stop just for a second. You don't have to come and fight for me. You, you have no there's no you have no skin in this game. You have no reason to fight. This is found in Second Samuel chapter 15. Uh, it says this. It says the king said to it tied to get tight. Wow, that's a cool name. It tied to get tight. Yeah, right. Looks like I had a cool name like that. But Ittai the Gittite, uh, he said, David says, why are you coming along with me? Go back. Stay with King Absalom. You're a foreigner. You're, you're an exile from your homeland. You, you have no skin in this game. You're free to go. He says, you came only yesterday. And today, shall I make you a wonder about with us when I do not know where I'm going? Go back. Go back to your people. Go take back home with your people. And in verse 21, this is what Ittai, the Gittai says. He says, but Ittai replied, he says, as surely as the Lord lives, as surely as the Lord lives, as my Lord, the king lives, wherever my Lord goes, wherever my king goes, whether it means to life or to death, I will be your servant. Ittai said this, I am loyal to you to the very end. But here's the thing. Ittai did not proclaim Ittai proved, and it's proven by the history of his account. You, what happened with Ittai from that point, he was given 600 men to command over. He proven faithful. He proven loyal through that. And as time went on, he was given one third of the king's army to command because a foreigner showed loyalty to King David. There is power when we are loyal When we are faithful, when we are loyal to people, there is power that comes. When you're loyal to your boss, when you're loyal to your family, when you're loyal to friends, when you're loyal as a a person of integrity, when you're loyal, there is huge blessings. There's huge benefits that come from a loyal heart. The problem is, in our culture today, we don't distinguish between disloyalty and loyalty. Because if we are disloyal, we justify it every time. If we're loyal, it's because they deserved it. But every week that I'm preaching about forgotten virtues, every virtue is building one on the other. You honor the authorities over you. You live a pure life and you live a loyal life to the authorities over you and the people in your life. They all build one on the other. So where are some opportunities we have to be loyal in our world today? Okay, some groups of people. Write this down. First one is this. We're going to be loyal to our family. Everybody say that with me. Going to be loyal to who? We're going to be loyal to our family. Uh, Ephesians chapter 22, verse 27. Wives, submit to your husbands as, the, as, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife and Christ is the head of the church. His body, which is, is, is the Savior. Now... As the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Stop right there, ladies. I'm going to get on the guys in a minute. This word submission is not subservient. It's not lording over. It's not tromping upon. Submission is a holding up of your husband. uh, Holding up in prayer a holding up an encouragement, a holding up in support. Even if they make the most boneheaded idea and boneheaded decision, you hold up, submit and support to them. 
You can ask questions, but let God, let it be known you're submitting as a support to your husbands. And then it says this, husbands, love your, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing uh, her by the washing the water through the word and to present herself, present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. Husbands, you're to submit to your wife and lay down your life as God, as Jesus did for the church. You're to serve her, gentlemen, because Christ served the church. Be loyal to our spouses, being loyal to our family. Here's some ways of being disloyal. Let me give you some examples. These are ones that I think everybody's going to be able to relate to this. Uh, husbands, uh, fathers, men. Way to be disloyal to your wife is, um, you know, it does, it's more than just an affair. It's more than just uh, having uh, having an extramarital affair or adultery. It's more than that. Here's a way to be disloyal to your wife. Talk down to her in public. Be disrespectful to her. Treat her as if she's second rate citizen. At every turn, disagree with her just because you think. You know more than she does. That's the way to be disloyal to her. Talk, talk to your friends about your wife and vent and complain about how she doesn't take care of you good enough in the bedroom. That's the way to be disloyal to your wife. Oh, ladies, I'm not, I'm not done. I don't know. I'm coming to you now. <laughs> ladies, here's how you're disloyal to your husband. You go out with your friends and you gossip and you talk bad about and you belittle him and you, you tell him that you tell all these stories about him in a very disrespectful way. That is being disloyal to who he is. That's being disloyal to your marriage. Here's another one. Here's a way to be disloyal. Listen to somebody gripe about their spouse. Listen to what they had to say. Listen to them be disloyal. Let that come into your world instead of saying, you know what? I'm just going to pray for you because it sounds like you got a lot of issues going on. Sounds to me like you two got to get on the same page. I'm just going to pray for you because you need a lot of prayer. Kids, oh, I ain't done with you yet. Disloyal. Here's how you're disloyal. You're disloyal because mom and dad make a decision about something that they feel is important in your life, a boundary that is put up, and you go and gripe and complain to all your friends about how stupid they are as parents. They're so old-fashioned. They don't know what they're doing. They're a bunch of idiots. I know none of you guys have done that, I'm sure. You guys are innocent, but maybe you're friends. We're disloyal through how we talk. We're disloyal by how we act. We're disloyal by, by how uh, we treat our employees. Maybe it's an employee. You're, you're disloyal to your boss because you gripe and complain about your job situation. And they're just, they sit on their tush and don't do nothing. They're just lazy. Yeah, I can't believe they, they're so dumb. I'm, they're dumber than rocks. I'm smarter than them. I deserve their job. This is what you say, disloyalty to your employer. Employers, if you're an employer, you're disloyal to your, to your uh, employees because you rip them off and you cheat them. You don't give them what's rightfully theirs. Okay. All right. We all can be disloyal. We all fall into disloyalty with what we see. Disloyalty with what we hear, disloyalty with what we talk about, how we dress, disloyalty to family, anything, anything before your family, your job, your hobby, 
your money, anything you put before your family, that shows disloyalty to your family. Second thing is this, not only be disloyal, we, we, we want to be loyal to our families, but we want to be loyal to our friends. Turn to your neighbor and say, friends. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I don't know how many they have, but I don't, you know. Friends. Be, dis- be loyal to friends. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. a friend is always loyal. And a brother is born and a help in time of need. We really do not know what friends are in our culture today. Conditional relationships, situational uh, relationships. Our world has forgotten the virtue of loyalty. Now, I, can, I can blame lots of different things. I could blame this or that. But the fact is it starts within our heart. We're disloyal. Somebody doesn't like what we had to say on social media. And so we just strike them off, block, unfriend. We don't know what true friendship is about. It's conditional. Why? Because we live in a world full of egocentric, superficial, selfish, narcissistic, relational minded, all about me society. I'm preaching now. This is good stuff. This is really good. You may not like it. I don't like it either, but I got to preach it. We live in a world full of self-absorbed agendas and plans. We have conditional friends for the time we need them for, and we use them up, and we, we abuse them, and then we get rid of them because why? They don't fit our agenda. But the Bible says who a friend is always to be loyal no matter what you're going through. Ways to be disloyal. What are some ways to be disloyal? Well, here's a couple. Just gossip about your friends to somebody else who's not really your friend, but they'll be your friend for now because they're listening to you. Listen to people gossip. Don't tell them the truth when they need to hear it. Way to be disloyal is to Not be there when they need you the most. Be disloyal. Such a hurtful place. Disloyalty hurts. Disloyalty cuts deep, but loyalty builds up. Loyalty encourages and loyalty supports. We're going to be loyal to our family, loyal to our friends. And the last one is this. We're going to be loyal to Christ church. Now, I don't mean cross you. I don't mean the church at large. I mean to Christ. We're going to be loyal to Christ, to the church that Jesus Christ established. In the New Testament, there was this group of people on the day of Pentecost. They were filled with this power, this supernatural power, and their lives were forever changed. And they came in this place and they said, we need to do more. They became so fired up, so, so inundated with God's power. They became just amazing, powerful, super duper freaks about Jesus. They were radical they, they loved who Christ was. But not only did they love who Christ was, but they loved the people who called themselves Christ followers. If you were a Christ follower, you were in with a group of people that were going to love you and help you and walk with you and encourage you and strengthen you. And they were going to be loyal to you no matter what. 
How do I know this? Well, Acts chapter two, verse 42, it says this. It says the early church devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the fellowship and sharing of meals and to prayer. Says the Bible says that they devoted themselves, they gave each day, they, they, they devoted themselves to teachings and to preachings and to learning more of God's word. And it says this, and all the believers, they were together and had everything in common. And everything in common, they sold their possessions and goods and they gave to who? Who they give to, to who? Say it with me, to anyone who had a need. Someone had a need and they had a property. And they said, you know what? There's a big need. Uh, Jedediah's house is about to be repossessed. Let's go sell some farmland because we're going to help Jedediah out. There really wasn't a story about Jedediah or anything like that, just so you know. I'll just use an example. They, they, they sold what they had to help those in need. They had commitment. They sacrificed. They were loyal. Do we see that in our church today? We see glimmers of it and we see glimpses of it. And we see we see little particles of it every now and then. We'll see somebody do something kind for somebody without ever being uh, uh, applauded or praised or anything like that. But for the most part, we stay kind of to ourselves at the church. Am I not right? I'm right in this, right? We kind of, you know, hey, how are you? It's good to see you. How's your week? How's the weather? What football team you like? We kind of very superficial. We don't really have deep relationships with the other, which is why view groups are to be the powerful mode that that can change and can be different, uh, to be a part of a view, a small group of people to grow deeper in your relationship. But, but we attend church kind of casually. If I feel like it today, I'll get up. If it's, I mean, you know, on Monday, we watch the weather report on Monday. We're like, it's going to snow on Saturday night. I cannot go to church. It's going to be horrible. Right. We make decisions far in advance if we're going to go to church because really church is just a um, it's just a you know, it, it's good to go to. And I know I should go to it, but really I can do church at home at bedside assembly. Bedside Baptist, whatever you want to call it. And, and I'll, I'll just I'll just do my church. I can go online and watch them. I can watch them online. You know, it's the same thing. No, it's not, because the other church knew something that we've forgotten. What they knew is that whenever we come together as a group, there is power in the coming together and sharing each other's needs and helping each other out. There's something powerful that takes place. So they weren't just just they just didn't want just a little bit of Jesus. You know, I just want a little bit of Jesus. Not too much. I want a buffet on Jesus. Right. They, they they didn't want just a little bit. They wanted a daily dose of who he was. They wanted a daily being inundated with the teachings of the apostles. They wanted to daily be impacted by the prayer. They wanted to daily receive something powerful. But we don't do that today. We we reserve Christ for this one hour on a Sunday morning. And then we leave here. He's out of our head. He's out of our mind. We live our life the way we want to live. And there's really no loyalty to Christ. There's loyalty when we need something now. Oh, I got a bill coming up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Lord, Come on. Checks in the mail. You know, I'm going to search the couch cushions to find some money. Going to find a hundred dollars in there. Praise God. You know, we we only are loyal to Christ when it's convenient for us. But ultimately, many of us fall into this disloyalty where we're just casually committed to who he is. Disloyalty is not seen in the mirror, but disloyalty is a very prominent problem in our world today. 
But God calls us to loyalty. So how, where does disloyalty come from? I want to share this last thought with you. Disloyalty comes from a divided heart, a heart that's not 100% sold out to Christ. Disloyalty comes from the fact that we believe we know better. So we're going to be loyal to what we think we know better. Here's what I want to tell you about God. God is so loyal to you. Here's what God did. God did this for you. God so loved the world. That what did he do? What did God do? He what? He he gave. God's so loyal to you. God's so in love with you. God's so committed to you, so faithful to you that he gave his son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ, he was so loyal to us, so loyal to all of us in our, in our sin. It says before we were sinners, Christ died for us. He was so loyal to Jesus, was so loyal to us that he went all the way to the cross for you and for me out of loyalty. And yet we did nothing for him. He was so loyal that he suffered, bled and died and gave his life for us out of loyalty. Why? So that none will perish, but all may have everlasting life. This is the power of loyalty. God's so loyal to us. He gave his son. Jesus so loyal, he gave his life. In Second Timothy, verse 2, it says, one of the passages that I have had to recite in my word, my world so many times, he says this, even when we are faithless or disloyal, it says he remains loyal to us. Even when I have failed Christ, when I've had a divided heart, when I have a divided heart between me and God, and I'm divided by the world and, and the spiritual things, he is loyal to me, even though I am disloyal to him. I don't deserve that loyalty. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve that loyalty. But he gives it freely. Because he knows that one day this might happen. A, dis- a divided heart will turn to a unified heart. James chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. If you have a divided heart today, if you have a divided uh, uh, heart from God, you're disloyal to God, disloyal to family, disloyal to friends. Here's what it says. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For, the, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world, he says. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Let the divided heart that we have, the only way it can be healed is by us coming to God, repenting and asking him, help me to see in the mirror my disloyalty and my divided heart so I may be loyal to you. Slow down. Take a breath. Ask the Holy Spirit. Evaluate me. Help me to recognize where I'm disloyal and help me to repent of my disloyalty to you, God, and help me to renew my loyalty back to you. Some of you here today, your disloyalty lies within your family, making decisions. Really, the decision is about me. Some of you here today, disloyal to your kids, disloyal to your spouse. Some of you kids, you're disloyal to your parents. You talk bad about them, and they may never know this side of heaven, but God knows. 
And God's seen the loyalty or disloyalty of your hearts. So others of you here today, you're disloyal to friends. Friends are nothing more than just a usury to get to the end product. Well, God's not, that's not what glorifies God. That's not what God wants. God wants you to find good, whole friends that can build you up, encourage you. So others of you today, you're disloyal to God. Doing your own thing, going your own way, acting the way you want to do, doing as you wish. I'm here to encourage you today. Even when we are faithless, he is always faithful. Some of you need to come to Christ today. Disloyal. Can't be seen in the mirror. But the Holy Spirit can reveal it to our hearts. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, help us today to see not just the disloyalty in our lives, but God, where we need to improve our loyalty, where we can do better with our loyalty, where our loyalty is, is, is not divided by God and the world, but is wholly committed to the cross of Jesus. Help us, God, to, to be sensitive to what you're going to say to a divided heart. Head bowed and eyes closed. Some of you here today, you have a divided heart. Loyalty is conditional, situational. Remember what I said. Loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. Some of you here today, your families, you need to ask God to forgive you and to help you find that place of loyalty. Others of you here today, you've been, you've been hurtful to friends. You need to find a place. Let the Holy Spirit take your divided heart and bring you back to a place of unified heart and find loyalty. Finally, some of you here today, your relationship with God, you've been disloyal. You've walked your own way and did your own thing. God wants you to know there is forgiveness and power in Him today. He can restore. He can renew. He can give you a unified, single heart, not divided single heart, singular heart. Head bowed and eyes closed. You're here today and that's you. And you say, you know, I have a divided heart. I need God to heal my divided heart. It's right there in the quietness of this moment. You just give your head bowed. No one, no one just, just right there where you're at. Just say, God, search me. Where is my heart divided? Help me. Help me to recognize, to repent, to renew my loyalty. Thank you, God. Pray that you will just continue to speak to our hearts about loyalty, about purity, about honor. One of the greatest stories that has ever been told about an example of loyalty is there was a, uh, of course you guys know and heard of Jackie Robinson, first African-American professional baseball player. And he's a great man. He broke a lot of barriers about, the, about uh, discrimination and uh, went through lots of ridicule uh, for doing so at the time, but for the... Uh, the team he played for there was one of his teammates known as Pee-wee Reese. And Pee-wee Reese was a shortstop and, and Jackie Robinson was the uh, second base baseball player. 
And, and Jackie Robinson and Pete Reese had a great relationship, a good friendship that um, they, they hung together and they were friends in the, in the dugout and in the, uh, and in the locker room and everything like that. And they were playing a game one time, history, this is in history, and uh, it's, it's really cool. They were, they were playing a game one time and um, Jackie Robinson came out on the field and took his place at second base with his teammates. And the crowd became ruckus and became very uh, booing and screaming. And they started throwing trash on the field. And they, they, it was an ugly time of American history. It was an ugly place of American history. And, um, and, and they were just ridiculing and just beating this guy down for the stance he was taking. And he was, a, you know, he was breaking barriers left and right. And um, Pee Reese was shortstop. It's just to his right. And Pee Reese saw what was going on along with all the rest of the teammates. But Pee Wee Reese had a decision to make at that moment in time if he was going to be loyal or disloyal to his friend, Jackie Robinson. And he had a lot to lose if he was going to be loyal. His reputation, what people were going to say about him, what the newspapers were going to write. He was going to go down in history as someone who, who was on board or not on board with what was taking place. And Pee Wee Reese put his glove down, walked over to Jackie Robinson at second base while everybody was screaming and throwing stuff on the field. He took and he simply put his arm around Jackie Robinson. Jackie told Jackie, lift your head up. Lifted it up and him and Pee Wee Reese stood there as the crowd hushed to a quiet Jackie Robinson told Peter Reese, you saved my life that day. There is power in loyalty. Even though it may cost you everything, the payoff is far worth so much more. Think about what loyalty is in your life and how you can let it reflect as you move, as you develop and encourage the forgotten virtues. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m. and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.